Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a stage four kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for topics you would like me to cover, please get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. In today's episode, I am bringing you a kidney warrior story. Now there's always something you can learn from someone's story, something that can bring inspiration and hope. My guest today from Mumbai, India is Manish Gore. Manish is a PhD researcher, blogger and founder of Doting Beans Awareness and Support Platform. Manish shares his story of living with Alport syndrome and going on to have a kidney transplant and the lessons he has learned along his kidney warrior journey. Hi and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior, the podcast. How are you doing today, Manish? Oh, hi Dee. I'm doing great and it's it's really a a great opportunity to talk to you. And namaste from India. Namaste to you too. Thank you so much. (laughs) As you know, as everyone knows, I absolutely love doing interviews with kidney warriors and talking about kidney warriors stories their journeys everything that they've learned so far and so it really is a pleasure to have this opportunity to talk to you today so my first question is how did your kidney warrior journey begin and how were you diagnosed so uh, first of all uh, thanks for uh, inviting me to your podcast diary of kidney warrior podcast uh, I've been listening to a few episodes and uh, you are doing a great job. So thank you so much and oh, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from Mumbai, India, and I'm doing my PhD in bioprocess technology. Uh, the, the journey with kidney disease is actually started from my childhood, but uh, we were not aware about it that much at that time. So I was like almost like eight years of age or something. And uh, so suddenly we got to know that there is a blood which is coming out from my urine or passing through my urine. And uh, so my medical uh, checkups and uh, like all the tests and everything, they started and they continued for some two, three years. Uh, But nothing was helping out. I mean, nothing was uh, controlling the blood loss from my urine. So my doctor, uh, he finally asked us to remove my tonsils. And uh, tonsils is basically one of the organ, like a tissue kind of thing, uh, mass, which is there in the throat. So he asked us to remove that mass and he expected that that might reduce uh, the loss of blood from my urine. So, and fortunately it did did work. Uh, So we were actually happy that time that uh, the blood which was passing through my urine actually reduced to a great extent. And we were relieved. I mean, we thought that now the thing has, has been resolved and I can live a normal life and nothing is going to happen to me. So, so, uh, so just to cut yeah. you there. So I think it's quite interesting that you had blood in your urine 
and your yes. doctor said that by removing your tonsils that that yeah. would help yes like in my mind i don't put tonsils and kidneys in the same yeah in the it, the two <laughs> just seem completely separate and different so do you know why he had that thinking that it would help the uh, situation so thinking it from uh, since i'm uh, uh, thinking it thinking about it presently i can think that uh, the doctor might have thought about a condition which is called as a autoimmune condition so right. autoimmune is something that our immune system fights uh, back against our own cells which is a self destructive kind of thing so mm-hmm. he thought that the tonsils are basically the immune organ they are the uh, defense uh, it contributes to the defense mechanism of our body so he thought that right. removing those tonsils might reduce my defense mechanism and uh, and in a turn improve my kidney uh, functioning of my kidneys right. so this is what i can analyze right now but at that time we were not aware about this okay <laughs> yeah i mean that that makes sense so if if the theory is that your immune system is doing too much and fighting against your own body by removing yes. the tonsils then that would reduce you know what the body was doing to fight itself so okay yeah. like you thought about getting the body to just cool down and not destruct your own cells yeah so how how old were you at the time that they how old were you um like in around like 7 to 8 years old so you were very young yeah, and I, i also remember that my hemoglobin was just 7 at that time Whoa. and i used to get uh, tired very easily like uh, once uh, once i'm back from the school i used to sleep for hours and i was not able to do my uh, studies i did not have that stamina uh, physical stamina to do so many things simultaneously so uh, that also got the doctor got to know that since there was a blood loss from my urine the hemoglobin levels in our, my body were very low yeah i mean that that must have been i mean so seven is very very low i mean from what i know about hemoglobin seven is extremely low so it did then have an impact on your day because if you're saying you're coming in and you're tired and you can't get your schoolwork done so it, it obviously had an impact on your childhood Yes, absolutely. So when they removed your tonsils, did you have more energy? Did it make a difference? Uh actually I'm not able to remember much about my energy levels. They they actually improved, but uh, in addition to the stamina, uh, my height, weight, all those uh, like physical features, they also improved a lot. I mean, I wasn't that uh, tall uh, before that, but uh, during my growth years, puberty years, my height actually increased significantly and uh, doctor was telling that the ton- uh, removal of tonsils usually uh, I- i'm not sure about the scientific basis of it uh, but uh, that actually contributes to increase in the height and in general the physical characteristics of a person wow okay so so it really oh. had multiple benefits for you as a child then so it stopped the blood in your urine and then had an impact on your growth and yeah, and yeah. overall well-being yes. okay it did reduce my immunity a bit but uh, uh, it it gave it gave so many other benefits that my blood loss was uh, i mean it was almost stopped uh, from the urine after that so we, we were relieved and thinking that now the thing has been cleared off and i'm happy uh, to live my life again in a normal right. way 
Okay. So you said that it, it did have an impact on your immunity. So did you, after then, get more coughs or colds or anything like, like things like that? Did it affect you? Did you become a bit more ill more frequently or did it just make a slight difference? Uh, so my immunity has always been uh, quite low uh, since my childhood. But after the, uh, after the removal of tonsils, uh, not very frequently, but uh, actually uh, my immunity uh, was low that I, I used to get succumb to uh, cold, cough, fever uh, very easily, I would say. And uh, I could see my uh, friends who used to do well even with the cough, cold and fever. And as soon as I even get a slightest of the fever, I was like uh, all exhausted and I couldn't do anything that time. So that, that, I think that was a major difference. Uh, between uh, other others, uh, what you can say, other children and me that time that I could think of. And how did that make you feel at the time? How did you manage that as a child? Uh, there was uh, nothing much as such. I mean, I, I'm not able to recall it that much, but uh, I think uh, due to um, the care by my parents, my family, and uh, my mother uh, and my grandmother's nutritious food, which they used to prepare <laughs> for me. <laughs> I think that must have helped. Grandma's uh, food is always the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really miss my grandma's food. <laughs> so as you got older, things you know, progressed and began to change. So tell me about that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, in the middle, uh, like I told you, uh, in a few years which passed by, uh, things were improved a, a lot as compared to what they were before. Uh, so we were thinking that now the things have got cleared and uh, everything is now becoming normal. So uh, so the middle years, they were very productive uh, in terms of my education. Like I completed my schooling, my junior college, my uh, bachelor's degree in pharmacy so everything happened very well and it was like all happy happy time uh, with okay. respect to uh, there were no major hiccups uh, during that period so everything went <laughs> thank thankfully uh, well with respect to my health and with respect to my education that time. So you said that um, you went on to do a PhD and during this time you became ill. Tell me about that. So uh, I finished my uh, undergraduate degree in pharmacy in around 2014. And I, I joined the same institute uh, for my PhD research. And uh, I, like I was, uh, I started my PhD in around, uh, to, uh, it was an integrated PhD. So it was a master's plus PhD program. And uh, just when I started, uh, it was, uh, I started uh, getting frequent eye infections that time. So it was not a sudden start with the kidney disease as such, but uh, there were other things which started cropping up. Uh, I mean, as, I mean it, was, it was very surprising that these things were happening to me that time. So I used to get eye infections every one or two months. And uh, initially they were like bacterial infections, then there were viral infections, then there were fungal infections. <laughs> I mean, almost all of the infections might have happened in my eye that time. And uh, they were just like one or two months apart. Uh, and, and lastly, I got a condition in my eyes, which was uh, recurrent corneal erosion. 
so i'm not going into much scientific part of it but to tell you in uh, simple words basically uh, our eye has a thin uh, sheet which is a covering sheet on the eye which is called as a cornea so that cornea uh, surface used to get damaged very easily very frequently uh, in both of my eyes so uh, and due, maybe due to the recurring infections or due to my lower immunity and that used to happen uh, during that that time in particular like around 2014 to 2016 in that period so uh, i i used to uh, show uh, my op- to my ophthalmologist and thankfully i got connected to a very good ophthalmologist that time uh, dr karishma and uh, she treated me very well uh, with all those uh, conditions which happened <laughs> in the, during that time but uh, the thing with the kidney disease uh, it was uh, not expected actually at all uh, i it was just like a very uh, what you can say a different uh, thing all to uh, i was actually suffering from a leg pain in november 2016 and it was an unbearable leg pain i couldn't walk properly so uh, my physician uh, told me that it might be a vitamin deficiency vitamin b12 deficiency since i'm a vegetarian so uh, they asked me to visit a clinic and do the test medical test uh, like blood test and urine test and i saw my reports and it was like issues issues everywhere the uh, things were up down with respect to the urine part thankfully not with respect to the blood part that much and uh, like as i told you in my childhood i had the issue of blood passing through my urine and now when i was like around 23 or 22 years old it was uh, blood and proteins both passing through my urine so uh, which and it, this was around november 2016 uh, which we got to know through the uh, random medical test report uh, which we did not expect that it would come that way so that must have been quite a shock that you went for this this test because you had trouble walking and then all of this flagged up things from your childhood in terms of your urine seeing blood in your urine and now seeing protein in your urine so yes. when they identified the blood and protein in your urine what did the the doctors then say to you so uh, we immediately consulted an nephrologist over here and uh, he asked us that uh, he saw my previous medical history and he suggested that i should do a, a kidney biopsy and see what what has what damage has uh, happened to my kidneys and from the biopsy uh, we got to know one of the chronic and rare kidney condition uh, which is a focal segmental glomerulosclerosis uh, in short form fsgs again i'm not going into the scientific part but just to tell in short that uh, our kidneys have a tiny units uh, which uh, which filter the blood and produce urine so these tiny units uh, start getting damaged and they get damaged over a period of time it is not a sudden damage it is like a few uh, like it is like a progressive damage which occur over a period of years and the ultimate result is a kidney failure so kidney failure was bound to happen sometime and somewhere i mean it may be in a few days in a few months or even in a few years so it was completely unpredictable and the only option was to delay the progression uh so that uh, if it it was going to happen like after 6 months i should be able to delay it to a few years at least uh with the with the help of medicines and they started with uh, steroids 
which are basically immune suppressing drugs that reduce uh, the capacity of our immune system so uh, it was like a battery of medicines different medicines that were tried on me uh, so it was uh, steroids there were other immunosuppressants there were uh, medicines which controlled my blood pressure and there were other vitamins and other supplements which were going on uh, but uh, i mean uh, I did, these steroids and other medicines did not give any positive effect but in fact they had so many adverse effects uh, i had to face so many adverse effects due to those medicines i mean man, there was a significant weight gain it was a puffy face uh, there were all uh, what you can say uh, some rashes or that uh, coming upon uh, my body and it was a very difficult time i had a breathing issues so more than the benefits it was more of a diff- difficult and testing time for me and uh, simultaneously i was doing my phd research and it was becoming really really difficult to uh, manage both the things simultaneously it was a frustrating time basically i used to get angry very easily uh, so it used to happen that uh, since my mom was with me uh, during those time uh, for my uh, my aunt she uh, and uh, her husband uh, they very uh, kindly uh, gave me their place of accommodation in mumbai to live because i was not able to live in my hostel i was living in hostel and due to all the kidney condition i was not able to eat outside i was supposed to eat homemade food with proper restrictions on protein salt and everything uh, so during that time i, uh, I was uh, staying with my mother and so it is like you have your loved one with you and so all the frustration which is which you try to emote it will come near with your loved ones uh, and with your friends so that, that was a really difficult time um uh, around like 2017 18 that time and um and like in spite of doing all this the, none of the medicines were working out so it was just the creatinine levels were rising and rising and rising so um my doctor finally asked uh, suggested that i should do a genetic test uh and see what is a exact diagnosis because we thought that the diagnosis might be a little uh, faulty or maybe it was a misdiagnosed condition or some tricky condition which is happening which is not uh, which we couldn't explain or doctors couldn't explain that time and uh, so uh, i did a genetic test in like 2019 mid 2019 and so i got to know another condition from it which is alport syndrome so it is also a genetic condition and a rare kidney disease condition and this condition affects not only kidneys but also our eyes and ears so right. uh, yeah so and that's how explained. we connected okay. uh, what happened in uh, 2015 16 to my eyes what were happening to those uh, with, with those episodes so we started collecting the things and connecting the things that time uh, so uh, like like once it was confirmed it is a genetic conditions a genetic condition it was like none of the medicines will ever help with a genetic condition and oh, things wow. will have to progress the way they want to so it was uh, it was like okay abhi i mean this has happened and now i'm supposed to accept it initially i was more into a defensive uh, uh, like position like why is it happening to me or it was like more of a uh, i mean i used to uh, it was more of a not a blaming condition but i used to say why it is happening to me why god has given this uh, pain to me and so now it it was slowly becoming that 
instead of bhai me it was like okay it is yes me and i'm supposed to accept what is happening to me and uh, still try to do as best as i can in the present circumstances so um, that so, was the period so so really then you were misdiagnosed with fsgs and given medication that ultimately caused a lot of side effects and problems but then you found out that actually you had a different condition which those medicines wouldn't help anyway so it's a case of realizing that actually you'd gone through weight gain and all the different side effects of medications that weren't going to help your condition at all so yeah i could imagine how angry i would be angry to be honest with you to hear that that must have been like really tough to find out that you you know gone through all of these challenges and really those medicines weren't going to help you in the long run but i'm glad that you got to the point where you switched it from the why me to yes me and then moving forward in terms of mindset because i really think that the mind is so powerful and getting to that point where you're like okay this is my situation but i'm going to make the best of it and i'm going to move forward i think that's amazing and so powerful yeah 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 very true yes because uh, i mean uh, the only thing which can change you in that particular situation is yourself is what i've got to learn through it like other people can support you yes. motivate you they will uh, hold you in, in their arms they will hug you and uh, they will love you a lot i mean i'm really thankful to my family friends who have been loving me a lot through all these times and uh, but it is ultimately upon us that uh, we should uh, like gather all the strength that we have and still stand strong through all those times and uh, i was also uh, i mean it was not a depression but it was more of a anguishness that was mm-hmm. coming in that time and i got in touch with one of the mental health therapists uh, uh, from via my friend uh, so dr mansi jain i got in touch with her and she was really being very kind and helpful and all the tricks uh, all the tricks and techniques which she uh, uh, taught me uh, were really uh, were really helpful uh, it was like a minor maybe some breathing techniques or some calming techniques or and um, uh, mindfulness uh, all these techniques which she uh, told me taught me and basically she she was the one who uh, who listened to everything and uh, what what i was feeling that time mm-hmm. so that really helped and i think uh, all uh, like there are many people who uh, face inhibitions due to themselves and due to the society that they shouldn't go to the mental health therapist uh otherwise what what the society will say should i go there or not or with uh, usually uh, these counseling sessions actually help uh in uh, in those times and i'm really fortunate that i sh- i took that step and moved ahead so uh thank you uh, thank you to the my psychiatrist also it's so important what you said again is so powerful because so many people do suffer in silence because they are you know too scared to ask for help or to think what will other people think this that and the other but getting help asking for that help is so important and life changing as i can see that it it was for you so yeah absolutely if you're you need that support with your mental health please do ask for help yes yes and ultimately it is us who are uh... i mean there is nothing there shouldn't be any inhibition on the mental health 
and uh, like if you are facing any issue any anyone uh, in a kidney disease community not just in a kidney disease community in general community also uh, they Absolutely. shouldn't uh, restrict themselves from uh, taking help uh, from the counselor Absolutely I agree 100% yes. Yeah. And regarding that misdiagnosis, uh, now I got to know later also that there are some associated conditions also. I mean, the FHGS and Alport syndrome both show similar symptoms. So that may be the reason that things went in a different direction initially. Uh, so it is actually very difficult to uh, demark like what exactly must have happened that time and how... Uh, why these medicines will work and those medicines won't work. The entire, I think, scenario is very complex with respect to the diagnosis and with respect to the treatment. So I think these areas uh, really need uh, to be worked upon so that uh, patients will uh, have accurate diagnosis and accurate at the right time uh, so that uh, at least their damage will be, uh, what you can say, that progressive damage will be postponed as much as possible. Absolutely. So you went on to have a kidney transplant. So tell me about how that came about. So uh, just a year after uh, my uh, diagnosis with the Alport syndrome, almost a year after that, uh, during the COVID lockdown. So we were all locked up uh, since March 2020 <laughs> inside the house. And uh, so I was just doing my normal PhD writing work from the home and my creatinine levels were still rising. And my doctor, uh, he had indicated that when the levels will reach like around seven to eight, I should think, uh, I should start considering doing a dialysis or a transplant. And we had just this conversation maybe in July, August or something. And we never expected that this, it will come so early. Uh, he was, he told me a general, uh, what you can say, estimate that it might come after a year and a half or something. So I was planning things around me accordingly. Hence, to my surprise and shock, uh, when I saw my September's uh, medical test report, uh, that's, the levels had already crossed seven. And uh, so it was like, uh, now the thing that, that the time has come, that I should decide to do a dialysis or a transplant. I mean, uh, it, it was really a difficult, that was again a difficult situation that I have to accept it, that it has almost uh, being uh, it has come closer to me uh, by a year and a year and a half. So initially I broke broke. I mean I was actually crying that time that when when that report came out. So uh, finally uh, I mean we were like considering and reconsidering that whether I should do a dialysis or whether I should go for a kidney transplant and how we should start with this entire thing. Uh, but uh, the, the thing with the, the risk with the dialysis was that the coronavirus was at its peak period and there were so many dialysis patients we got to know that they were getting infected uh, during those di uh, dialysis procedures. And dialysis is basically a temporary solution, I feel, because we are completely dependent on a machine for the entire life. I mean, we have to go there thrice or four times a week. We have to sit there for a few hours and get dialyzed. So, uh, it is equally frustrating, like uh, uh, from like the one, the initial years which I had faced. So, uh, and uh, what you can say, uh, thankfully my father, he immediately volunteered that he will give his kidney to me and he was ready to donate his kidney to me. So mm -hmm. uh, I think the, 
the the way the god gave me all the pains and difficulties he started showing me the right direction uh, that time so uh, i'm really grateful to my father because it was like an immediate decision by him okay so we have to let's do a transplant and i will give a kidney to you mm. and uh, we, because i have heard so many people waiting for a kidney waiting for a donors for many many years and they have to keep doing dialysis but uh, god has been really merciful and uh, my father uh, uh, due to his love and he immediately uh, volunteered to donate his kidney and we started with the those battery of donor tests and everything which went on for like 2 3 months from that from uh, that time and finally i had a transplant uh, in december 2020 i had never imagined in 2020 that i will have my transplant so early uh, when that 2020 wow. had started but the 2020 ended with a transplant so mm-hmm. i think god has its own mm-hmm. his own plans and uh, <laughs> i would say that that is incredible because i mean if you if you look at that journey as you said the beginning of the year and everything that happened in 2020 in terms of covid and the difference that it made to everyone's lives okay. and yeah. i can see you know for anyone especially as you said the peak time of covid when people were going to you know, dialysis and worrying about infection this that and you know how scary that time would be for so many people and then to come to the decision that you know a transplant was the route that you wanted to go down and then for your dad to just instantly say i want to give you that's a right. kidney that's just like that <laughs> yeah. is amazing and the kindness i really don't think that there's a word in the english language that describes adequately how kind it is for someone to give such an amazing gift so as i say about all all donors they are superheroes so life. yeah your your dad's a superhero in my book and um yeah i just think that's so amazing that that journey that happened last year and to end so happily with your kidney and everything that happened so how has receiving that kidney how has it changed your life uh so receiving the kidney has really uh, changed my life for better now it is almost like 4 months uh it, it is uh, like on the 9th uh, april i will be completing 4 months of my kidney transplant and uh, so the life before the kidney transplant and life after the kidney transplant uh, has been really is really different and now it is much more healthy peaceful uh like uh, i mean the all that chronic pain not even the kidney disease i'm speaking we have that chronic pain and some frustration i i feel there is something uh, wrong we always feel there is something wrong go- going inside our body that time may it may be psychologically associated also but uh, but now all those things have subsided and i'm really happy that uh, uh, like all the pain has ended into something very really, really fruitful and happy so uh, now like all the diet restrictions which i had like i was not supposed to eat this that and all now i am so, i now i can eat all everything which my mom uh, cooks at home <laughs> so <laughs> i mean the food part was a really uh, because I, i love food and yeah, me too <laughs> so, so all the food that i was missing the food stuff that i were missing uh, i was missing and like i'm i'm able to have it right now so uh and that feeling of healthiness which is there like you are passing a normal urine which is not foamy 
Now, uh, my weight has decreased uh, as compared to what it was earlier because all the water that was built up in the body, it came out. And uh, so it is really, uh, what you can say, peaceful and happy experience now. That is wonderful. So based on your journey, everything that you've learned so far, what advice would you give to someone who's just been diagnosed with kidney disease? So uh, uh, it is a, I know it is a very difficult situation that uh, when one gets diagnosed with a kidney disease, I know how it can feel. Uh, but uh, I think uh, the life has its own way of giving us surprises and shocks. Uh, and it, it comes, that package is different for everyone. It comes at different times, different uh, locations. I mean, it, it can come at any time. So not, nothing is predictable. And not just with the kidney disease, with any disease in particular. But uh, I think uh, it is up to us how we take it. Of course, initially we will feel uh, really depressed or frustrated uh, with, with, uh, with what is happening to us. But I think we should normalize our feelings we should not feel that we are feeling something very bad, very different, very unhealthy. That negative feeling is also a feeling, which now this is what I've learned from my psychiatrist, that if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling any negative emotion, okay, just feel that emotion, let it come to you and let it pass, let it go away. Let that feeling not sink in your mind for a long time, but let it come and go because what we generally do is that we resist our emotions. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm getting angry. Okay, I'm getting sad. Uh, okay, I'm going to cry. Let's hide it. Let's control it. Let's not control it. Uh, and especially, uh, I'm not categorizing it or uh, doing it like gender-based thing. But uh, usually a society has a norm that a boy shouldn't cry. A gentleman shouldn't cry. It's mm -hmm. okay if you want to emote, emote. And yes. I, I feel that emotion expression is one of the biggest strength which a human being has. And he should really uh, express it out. So that expression is something which I really, uh, uh, what I can say, I like about myself. I'm not praising myself, but this is what uh, I love that I should uh, not uh, hide it anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling something at that time, it's okay. You feel it and let it go. Because each, everything is a phase and everything will pass away uh, sooner or later. The second thing will be, uh, uh, initially I was to feel that all oh, this is happening to me, this is such a grave thing and I should be really stressed about everything, like what is going to happen and what this report is going to tell and everything. Even it happens to some extent right now, but it has, uh, what you can say, subsided to a great extent. Uh, but uh, what I understood is that when I look up to other people, uh, who has a kidney disease, since we are talking about a kidney disease right now, um, the, their problems, their pain is much, I saw that they were much higher than what I was feeling. The extent was much higher and the severity was much higher. So I felt that, okay, as compared to, and again, it is not a comparison, but we should always see that there are many people who are going through much uh, big, like bigger difficulties than what we are going through. So we should not, uh, uh, what you can say, uh, keep uh, saying that we, I am the one who, who has the biggest problem in the entire universe. It's okay. You have a problem. You have, uh, you have a people who love you, uh, who are there for you, around you. You have a good doctor. So, and God is there. So, 
sooner or later things will turn out but they will turn out for sure yeah that's that's a really positive outlook thank you for that advice i think that it's a fair comment when you said about gender that there's this expectation of men that they have to be macho and you know big men don't cry and big men don't show their emotions but i think like you rightly said the problem with that way of thinking is that men feel they have to hold everything inside and then end up crumbling as a result so no absolutely and i think it also breaks us inside from within because uh, somewhere if we control our emotions inside it gets started starts building up and it negatively affects our own body so it's better to emote it out and get relieved from it and that is an excellent point as well when there is a physical impact when you are holding on to those emotions absolutely and yeah i think it it is when you express those things in positive ways so it's positive ways of expressing negative things then i think that is definitely the best outcome so are there any myths about kidney disease that you would like to debunk so uh, the myth uh, maybe i did not face it that much but that i was big, that was uh, i was what i was hearing uh, or there was a like minor experiences uh, so when i got to know about this kidney disease and this was this is what i was going through uh, there was few people who used to look at me and tell uh, oh from you it is not evident that your kidneys are damaged or like from the outside appearance and i was like yeah. okay the kidney was not on the outside of the body that you would be able to see <laughs> that this thing is damaged and this thing is not damaged yeah. uh, there i mean <laughs> it is something which is there inside your body and it's you are the one who will be able to feel it yeah uh, so i think that is the biggest thing because i think every chronic uh, disease person goes to this because uh, they feel that okay you are looking fine you are looking good you are working you are coming to the uh, place you are coming to uh, to work regularly going back regularly but <laughs> there is something which is happening inside my body and that is the thing which is impacting my mind yes these are the two things uh, which nobody uh, takes into consideration because there might be some bad days when your reports have come very badly and you are really frustrated and uh, again there is some important assignment comes up someone calls up and he is into another universe of his own and uh, and you are really not in a mood to uh, communicate with them or converse with them that time so uh, this this actually happened with me many a times and i was on a different planet altogether in my thoughts due to my condition and somebody else was like okay i do this do that and he was telling uh, or she was telling uh, all the things about she what what she wanted what they wanted to tell so i think um, i mean we should not associate disease with the way the person looks with the way the person works and the way he or she carries it because uh, like if you if you start doing that then the mental health won't be visible to anyone mental health issues because those are the ones which will be never visible to everyone and uh, so that's it i mean we should uh, that is the biggest myth uh, which i uh, feel that i should share with you i think that is definitely a, a universal myth when it comes to chronic illness that is the number one thing people always say you don't look sick and like you said the kidneys are on the inside not the outside so i like that i'm going to borrow that one anytime someone says that to me that's what i'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> so i know that you are very active 
in terms of advocacy within the kidney community. And I know that you have a blog. So tell me a bit about your blog. So I, uh, the blog is something which has happened, uh, has been the most special thing after my transplant uh, in this kidney disease journey. Uh, so uh, this, this again happened during the lockdown period. I think lockdown was productive on many other fronts for me, <laughs> I would say. Uh, so I got in touch with one of the uh, organizations in India, which was an organization for rare diseases in India. And uh, he's found the organization's founder, that is uh, Mr. Prashant Shirod. Uh, he once uh, spoke to me on phone and got uh, and uh, like he just discussed with me about my condition and he motivated me actually that I should start a blog and uh, start sharing my experiences with people because uh, till that time uh, the kidney disease was only limited to me, my family, and to my very near people. I mean, with whom I used to get in contact. Uh, every day. So they were not known to many people uh, uh, in my like vicinity or in my acquaintances. So he actually motivated me to start my blog. And that's how Dotting Beans came into existence. Uh, so I prepared my website. I started uh, blogging. Before that, I had never written any blog or something. So I was always actually writing on the scientific uh, writing part of my like, scientific work related to my PhD. And there was a one nerve which I caught that whenever I explain my journey, my experiences, I should be able to explain it in a common man's language. And they shouldn't feel that, okay, oh, it is full of jargon and I'm not able to understand anything which are writing over here. So uh, I, uh, I still remember my first blog, which I wrote and it got uh, like uh, from that time, I got so much love and care from the people I had never imagined. I mean, there were many people who got in touch with me. I got connected to some support groups in India. Uh, we started sharing our experiences. I never knew that this world actually exists uh, before that time. I was not connected to many support groups that time. So I actually got into connect uh, with many support groups, many people who were going through the similar condition. And so it is like, you know, someone who has this condition. So if you have any tiny issue or a tiny doubt, like a CD, maybe a CD query, you will just uh, drop in a message and get it uh, resolved. So uh, with respect to the dotting beans, I started it with an aim to create awareness and create a, like an online support platform for kidney disease patients uh, and transplant recipients now. Uh, so, I mean, in India, I feel there is a lack of awareness about kidney diseases and in, in, in general, chronic rare diseases. So even the policies, rare disease policy, which has come out recently uh, by the government, it doesn't show a great government support uh, to such rare disease patients. So uh, like each uh, UK or US or any other uh, parts of the world, they have their own definition of the rare disease. Each country has its own definition of rare disease. That definition also Indian subcontinent doesn't have as of now. So that's how nascent or uh, the, the situation is over here. And mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward that um, I should really uh, strive uh, to generate awareness about these diseases which are not known to many. Uh, because we have been listening to cancers and so many things each and every day. But such small, uh, uh, like rare conditions, uh, that usually go unnoticed. Yeah, that's definitely a common thing that people say that 
a lot of people know about cancer and illnesses like that, but when it comes to kidney disease, people, they don't even know anything about kidneys or what kidneys do. So that is wonderful work that you're doing in terms of raising awareness. And, and like you said, once you make that step to start your blog, it's opened up your community, like you've met more people and reaching out and sharing more knowledge and yeah it's wonderful because it's like it's like a chain reaction isn't it you start one thing and then it opens up other doors and other opportunities so yeah that is fantastic work so could you let the listeners know what the web address is for your blog so uh, the web address is uh, www.hopeforkidneys so that's for uh, hope hope for kidneys so that for is written as four numerically so it is okay. hope for kidneys dot info so okay. that is the again i repeat it is www dot hope for numer uh, that is a number kidneys dot info so that is the url or the link to my website and uh, i have its instagram page in the name of dotting beans uh, at the red dotting bins and I also have a Facebook page uh, for dotting bins. So okay. uh, it, I'll be really happy if uh, people check out uh, my blog and my social media pages uh, so that we can connect more deeply and have a great conversation. Thank so you so thank- much. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. And do you have a final word that you would like to share? Uh, so uh, I would like to thank everyone uh, because of whom I'm there today. So uh, starting with my father who donated his kidney to me, my mother, my aunts, their families, my entire family and friends uh, and all the well-wishers, PhD guide, teachers uh, who have been uh, so loving and caring towards me and everyone who contributed uh, by uh, for like for like uh, by raising funds for my transplant surgery, I'm deeply grateful to each and every one of you, and I love you, you all, uh, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Oh, that is that is so amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, and for sharing such amazing advice. Thank you so much, D, uh, for being such a loving and kind host. And uh, it's been really well, uh, bonding really well. And thank you so much. Thanks to uh, Diary of Kidney Warrior podcast and you for giving me this opportunity to share my thoughts and share my journey with the uh, kidney disease. And so thanks and lots of love to you. Oh, thank you. Lots of love to you. And visit India whenever possible. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Sharing faith knowledge, hope, and love.